This is Tennis Quick Tips, episode 175. Well, here we are at the end of 2019, and here at last is the episode I've been promising you. If you've been listening to this podcast in the last few months, you've heard me say that I was going to explain where I was and what I was doing in the two years that went by between Tennis Quick Tips episode 164 and episode 165. That's a pretty big gap. And a lot happened during that time, not just in my tennis life, but in my life life. I learned a lot about myself during that time, and I also found out just how big of an impact and how important tennis really is to me. So, today I'm going to talk about what happened during that two-year gap, and I'm ultimately going to tell you what I learned about myself and about tennis. I'm going to tell you just how I came to love tennis again because it wasn't simple or easy to do and I wasn't loving tennis at one time. I'm also going to tell you the big life lessons I learned that I'm trying to apply to my tennis game now. So because I have a lot to say and because I know you come here for something that's quick and easy to digest, I'm actually going to break my story up into two parts. So this is part one. This is the episode where I tell my story about what happened that caused me to take a two-year break from tennis. And in part two, which will be the next episode, I'll give you those big life lessons that I came to appreciate and that helped me return to the game. I hope when you hear my story and you learn how important tennis became and continues to be to me, you'll see how tennis can also be something big and impactful in your own life. And I hope you'll actually hear something in these episodes, especially in part two, that you can apply to your own game. Because that's what Tennis Quick Tips is and always has been all about. It's about you about your tennis game, how you can play better tennis, and how you can really enjoy doing that. So let's get into it. This is part one of a two-part series called The Life Lessons I Learned from My Big Tennis Break. And we're going to start at the very beginning with this question that I've gotten from so many people, and that is, why did you stop your podcast for so long? So I'm going to start this by telling you about a conversation I had at a holiday party I just went to a few weeks ago. I was talking to a longtime friend, someone who used to live in my neighborhood, someone I don't play tennis with, but someone who does play tennis. And he has been following my tennis journey from the very beginning. We have in the past played out of the same club. We've done drills together. We have had many, many, many conversations about the game. 
but he isn't on any team that I play on, and we really don't see each other that often, especially not now since he's moved out of my neighborhood. Anyway, here we were at this cocktail party, and we were chit-chatting, and he asked me, why the big break? Why did you stop tennis quick tips for so long? Now, as I said, this is not the first time I've gotten this question. In fact, many of you have emailed me during that two-year gap to say, hey, Kim, where are you? Why aren't you podcasting? Many of you told me how much you missed Tennis Quick Tips, how much you had loved it and were hoping it would come back. And to every single one of you who reached out to me with your questions and your concerns and your positive words, I want you to know that your comments were very important to me. They really validated everything I thought I was trying to do with Tennis Quick Tips. And ultimately, they were a major reason why I returned to recording again. But getting back to the cocktail party, what this particular conversation at this particular party showed me was, I've got to talk about what happened to me. I was on the fence about doing that. I felt like I owed it to you, the audience, but I also felt like it was very personal and I wasn't sure this was a side of myself that I needed to talk about to anyone or that I actually owed anyone. But what this conversation showed me was here was someone who I really thought knew what was going on in my life enough to know why I wasn't recording any Tennis Quick Tips episodes, and he clearly didn't. It just seemed weird to me to actually explain what had happened, but I did want to explain it to him because he was concerned and he wanted to know. And that conversation sort of cemented my decision to tell all of you. So here is the next part where I talk about my five steps to tennis burnout. So let's go back to the summer of 2017, and I'll tell you how I reached tennis burnout. Because the summer of 2017 is when I recorded episode 164, the last episode before my two-year break. At that time, I can tell you I was completely burned out on tennis, like didn't want to play anymore and didn't want to ever take it up again. I don't know about you, but when I listen to episode 164, which I have done within the past month or so, I can hear it in my voice. Tennis just wasn't fun for me anymore. So what had happened to cause such great tennis burnout? Well, a lot of things were happening, but there were five very specific things that all came together right about the same time. Um, And here's what they were. Number one, I was physically worn out. I wasn't playing well, not at all the way I wanted to or expected to play, and I was just sore all of the time. My right shoulder hurt, my right knee hurt. I could tell I had tennis elbow 
in my right forearm. Well, I can see now that my body was just really worn out from playing way too much tennis. Back then, I thought the best thing to do was to just keep playing and play through the pain. Take more Advil and Tylenol, stretch more, and just keep playing. Number two, I did not like playing with the people I was playing with. The second thing that contributed to my tennis burnout was really a mental issue. I was playing on a team where I had convinced myself no one really liked me, so I didn't like them. They were very nice people, but I just did not gel or mesh with the people on this team. And for me, tennis is a very social sport. I enjoy my friendships with my fellow tennis players. So the fact that I wasn't getting along with these people was really making me not like playing my league matches each week. Again, the ladies on my team were all very nice, but I just felt like I was not really friends with them. And I felt like I was being excluded from the team click. And ultimately, because of that, I wasn't being properly played on the team. I'm telling you this was a mental issue, but this is where my mind was at the time. I didn't think I was being partnered with the right people. And I didn't think I was being played at the right lines. I just felt like all of my efforts on this team were wasted And things were not going to improve. Number three, another mental issue. Tennis had become like a job that I hated. The third thing that happened was tennis had just become so time-consuming and labor-intensive for me. I had a tennis podcast and a tennis website. And I was constantly trying to keep up with those. I was volunteering for my local tennis league. I was doing administrative work for my tennis coach. I was doing drills with my team. I was taking private lessons, and I was teaching tennis to beginner ladies. Basically, it was tennis, tennis, tennis all of the time. Tennis had become more like a job, a non-paying job that I hated, and less like the game that I had come to love when I first took it up. Number four, I felt like an imposter. The fourth thing that really contributed to my tennis burnout, and this one is kind of hard for me to talk about, was I became convinced that I was an imposter. Have you heard of this condition called imposter syndrome? The best definition I found of imposter syndrome is this. It is the persistent inability to believe that one's success is deserved or has been legitimately achieved as a result of one's own efforts or skills. That's how I felt in the world of tennis. While I have always made it very clear that I am a regular recreational tennis player, just like I'm pretty sure the vast majority of you listening to this podcast are, I felt like I really had nothing to contribute to the world of tennis. 
of tennis coaching and instruction because I had never played anything that could be considered high-level tennis. I didn't play in college. I didn't play in high school. I didn't play as a kid. I kept thinking, who am I to talk about tennis? Who am I to think anyone would want to hear anything I might say about tennis? What could I possibly say or write or even do that would help anyone play better tennis? And number five, and this is not tennis related, but this was really the cherry on the whole tennis burnout cake. I flooded. Finally, this is the biggest thing that happened to me. Late in the summer of 2017, my house flooded. So if you were paying any attention to the news back then, you may recall that Hurricane Harvey struck Houston in August of 2017, and much of the city was underwater for days and days. And my home was one of the houses that flooded that summer. I had two feet of yucky, gross flood water in my house for five days. And suddenly, I had no home. I want to put this in context because I want to make clear I actually was very fortunate, believe it or not, in that I only had two feet of water in my house. My neighbors across the street from me had five feet of water in their house, and they lost everything they owned that was on the first floor of their home. Another friend of mine had water up to her ceiling, and she lost absolutely everything. These homes and many homes in my neighborhood were destroyed by the flood and ultimately torn down. The first floor of my home was completely gutted. Uh, So for many, many months, I was displaced from my home, and my family moved into an apartment. And again, I was fortunate. We only lost the first floor of our home, and we were able to move many of our belongings to the second floor of our home because of the timing of how the flood struck. But we were out of our house. The first floor was destroyed. And we had to move to an apartment. And again, I didn't want to say I was lucky we had an apartment to move to. We found one and we were there and we could afford it. But once that happened, once I flooded, once my family had no real home, tennis officially became the lowest of low priorities to me. So what did I do in the face of all of these things? Well, I basically quit tennis. I didn't just walk away from it at that exact moment, but I made a list of everything I wanted to quit doing in my tennis life. And as I quit those things, I checked them off this list one by one. I still have this list on my phone. Uh, The reality was that I needed to deal with rebuilding my house and getting my family back home again. That was my priority, and I had to stop tennis. I stopped the tennis drills and the tennis lessons. I stopped teaching tennis. I stopped working for my coach. I almost completely stopped playing tennis altogether. And while I didn't immediately quit my tennis team, the one that I didn't really like, 
because I felt obligated to finish out the season, I knew I would quit as soon as that season was over. And the same with my league volunteering. I didn't quit right away because I committed for the fall season, but I planned on quitting immediately after that, once the season was over. And where we get to with tennis quick tips is, because I didn't want to think about tennis or talk about tennis, I quit writing for my tennis fixation website. And I quit emailing the people, all of you who are on my email list, and I quit podcasting. I quit recording my Tennis Quick Tips podcast. So the bottom line was I planned to completely walk away from tennis. And if I wasn't already doing that, I was setting myself up to do that. So that's where I was back in late summer, early fall of 2017. That's what happened. And that's what was going on in my life and in my mind. Now, you already know I did come back to tennis, but not without taking a good hard look at what was going on in my game and really in my life because tennis was such a big part of my life that if my tennis wasn't going well, it everything was seeming like it wasn't going well. So, That's where I was at the end of summer 2017. That's where I was when I recorded episode 164. Actually, the flood hadn't happened. It happened after 164. So in the next episode of Tennis Quick Tips, I'm going to tell you how I turned myself around. I'm going to tell you the big life lessons I learned that made me appreciate tennis again and made me excited about the game again. And I'll tell you how those lessons have carried over into other parts of my life with the result that I think I'm a much kinder, calmer, and certainly happier person today than I was way back in 2017. So I hope you'll keep listening. I hope you'll come back to listen to part two of this story so that you can get something that I think is going to help you with your own tennis game. Let me know what you think. You can let me know what you think about this episode so far, or you can wait till you hear the next episode and let me think. Either way, I love to hear from you guys. I love to hear your questions. I love to hear about your tennis game. And I really want to know how I can help you improve and become a better tennis player. Thanks for listening. Be sure and tune in for the next episode, episode 176. And as always, happy tennis.